Bedpost podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have long, in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm really excited. I have a lovely, a lovely guest today. I actually ran an ad of hers back in the day. I don't know if she remembers or not, but I am yeah, so no, pleased. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, and I'm so very pleased to actually have you on the pod interviewing you. This, everyone, this is professional dominatrix, Mistress Petra Hunter. Welcome, Petra, to the Bedpost Podcast. Hello, hello. I am very glad to be here. Yay, I'm so glad to have you. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm good. I'm good. Um... Yeah, it's been so long since you ran that ad. I was even wondering if you remembered that, but uh, it sounds like we both do. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny. I like, because, um, you know, once in a while I put out a call on Twitter for guests and uh, you responded to one of those calls. And in my head, I was like, didn't I have you on? And then I was like, oh, no, I ran an ad for you. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of, but not, not not entirely. Yeah, sort of. I had your voice on the podcast in an ad. So professional dominatrix, do you want to kind of yes. give a more nuanced description of what it is you do professionally? Okay. Um, I'm a professional secret keeper. <laughs> and I, like I get that. to see people at their most vulnerable in a position that they often... At least, um, so I'm in Dallas, Texas, and um, the kink vibe out here is a little different than in like more liberal <laughs> cities. So right. um, for a lot of my my clients, my submissives, um, the side that they share with me is a side that they can't share with anyone else. I like that a lot. I am, um, I'm in Toronto, so we've got, you know, a mix of... Uh, people as far as whether they can be out and proud or whether they've got to kind of remain a little a little keep their skeletons in the closet Um, but I always think that's like a really significant part of my job as well it's like this is I'm creating a safe space for people to do a thing that they rarely get to do express themselves in a way that they rarely get to express and it could be a very core part of like their identity um, or how they yeah. get stress out or, or how they process emotions, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, for a lot of my submissives, that's exactly, exactly it. You know, it's this core part of their identity that they've, you know, sometimes depending on, you know, their age, maybe they've wanted to try this for decades and decades. And then they just, because of shame, they just have never been able to do it. And then they finally do it. And um, seeing the side of them so so vulnerable is um it's really special to me yeah totally i i i see like this kind of there are a lot of people that come to us for a lot of different reasons as well but for people who come to us for this specific reason i kind of see our our job as like i'm like oh it's kind of sad that like the reason that part of our job exists is because of all these like you know shitty kind of patriarchal cishet norms that we have to like it's it's due to toxic masculinity that that part of our job exists and like that makes me sad sometimes you know yeah same I mean it's it's so weird to say that because again you know it's a big part of my income and my yeah same like my whole livelihood depends on this but it, it really just breaks my heart to develop you know dynamics with people who are terrified of their partners finding out Hmm. and you know they are submissive this has been a core part of their their identities for you know as long as they can remember but you know they can't tell their partner of like 30 years that this is something they need or they know that if they if they do tell their partner it's not going to be received well and that's sad i always get excited whenever you know um i am able to help someone 
have that conversation with their partner or um, something like that. Like whether I am, you know, able to recommend a book that they could read or they could have their partner read or anything like that. It feels great. Yeah, I love that as like another kind of puzzle piece you can kind of, you know, put put into this session. It's like, not only can I provide you a space to express yourself in this way, but like I can give you perhaps some tools to like um, maybe create more balance, you know, um, Mm -hmm. in your life as as far as like um, I've had, you know, I've had folks that because they it's almost this like sub frenzy kind of thing. It's like once they finally get to access this part of themselves, then they become a little like a little compulsive surrounding like oh, their yeah. behavior <laughs> because it's like, it, it, cause it's also contained in this tiny little space that we have together and it's all they can think mm-hmm. about in the weeks between yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, trying to help them have something that's a little more balanced. So it's not like literally no, all be, they think that about. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I can relate, you know, whether yeah. I, I mean, yeah. maybe not, you know, in ter- maybe not in terms of like, you know, oh, I've been kinky for years and this is my first time, you know, getting to experience it. But like, you know, just in terms of more s- simple things, like, I find a new brand of bagels that I really like. And that's all <laughs> I can think about. And it's all I eat for like, yeah. weeks until the bagel enthusiasm dies down. So yeah. You know, if you want to compare it that way, like, I, I know, you know, moderation is probably pretty good for both bagels and also sub frenzy. But seeing seeing them experiencing that, like experiencing just that joy and excitement of like, finally doing the thing. And yeah, like, I mean, the, the responsible thing is to try to find a balance, I think. But it's also kind of hard for me to do that just because excitement is contagious you know sure yeah i hope i explained that right because like as the words were leaving my mouth i started thinking like oh no this is probably coming across as like weird and potentially unethical but definitely not my intention (laughs) no no i get what you're saying of like i you know i'm an empathetic person and i love the part of my job that is you know living like vicarious through vicariously through my clients right so yeah and I also love like just reactions right that's something that I really love like in a scene as well so to get a huge reaction from a first-time client that again it fits this profile of like they've been like fantasizing about this thing forever and they finally get to experience it that's that's like really amazing for me to witness as well and that gives me a big boost, you know, of self-confidence or energy or whatever Totally, to be like, you know, the work we do is, you know, either important or it's just like fun and, or it's just, you know, it gives me energy. Um, so I can totally identify with what you're saying. I mean, it is like, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's valuable. And it's, it's really affirming to be able to share those experiences with someone and to know that, you know, you helped facilitate them. Yeah, totally. Do you, um, while we're on this talk topic of conversation, do you have any pointers um, as far as someone who wants to try to have these conversations with, say, a significant other or even like coming out to friends, like anyone kind of in their social group? Um, these kind of first time coming out conversations. Somebody, I, I did a QA and a a couple weeks ago and I got that question and I answered it as best as I could, but I'm interested in hearing uh, what you think about that. Gosh, I mean, I think a, a good answer is going to be individualized for that person and their needs and their situation. But usually the only thing that I can tell to everyone is that it's going to be really scary probably Mm -hmm. and it's probably going to suck and you know if you've gone this long without saying something it must be because but because of a reason right because you're because you're scared because you're anxious because you have a feeling that it's not going to be accepted well but the thing is if you don't have those conversations 
you're never going to be able to reap the benefit of having those conversations. That's and really well said. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it sucks. Like it really, really sucks. But and the risk if is you real. Don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't do it, you're just going to keep you're, you're, you're going to stay in this like shame cycle and this anxiety cycle, because especially the more you play and the more you explore on your own, you know, you're, you're going to realize like, okay, this is actually a core part of me. And it's, it's going to become increasingly hard to balance those two sides of yourself. And so mm. like, it's going to suck, but you have to, be ready for it to suck and you have to know that if you can if, if you can make it through the shitty parts yeah. you have way more to gain than if you don't and yeah. I mean it's so complicated too because I know that there are so many people with partners who are just like vehemently vanilla and just totally opposed to kink it's so so taboo for so many people still and so a, a real threat that I hear over and over again is that, you know, they're worried their partner's going to leave them. Sure. And that's so, so sad. And I always feel kind of callous trying, like, navigating this. But at the end of the day, don't you want to be with a partner who accepts you fully for who you are? Don't you want to have friends who you know, aren't going to judge you for things like this? Don't you want to have, you know, like, chosen family is a thing? I mean, yeah. you know, you do have to take your safety um, into consideration, obviously, with, when coming out with anything like this, of course, but um, it's, for any... It's complicated. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. As you said, and... it's like a case-by-case -case basis, and you can't give, like, any blanket kind of advice right. without knowing people's individual situations. But if... Uh, you I, know, I also think... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, just really, really quickly, just to just to butt in really quickly. I also think that like with coming out about like being kinky or anything like that, you shouldn't come out unless you're ready. Yeah. Like, don't come out just because you feel pressured to come out, whether it's from like a play partner that you're seeing on the side or like don't it's oh god, it's complicated. Just don't come out unless you're ready. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So okay. I would love to, since, you know, this is, this is, this kind of profile, you know, is a good amount of my clients. And I think you said it's, it's, you know, a fair amount of, of your income as well. Um, who do you find makes up like the other parts of your clientele? What kinds of people come to see you for what kinds of reasons? Okay. So, um, I'm, Try, okay, this one this one's going to be a tough one for me to answer concisely because over the past year, I really changed the way that I run my business, and oh, that meant that I became a lot more selective about who I want to play with, and so um, I don't necessarily see this uh, as 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 wide a variety of clientele as I did previously when I was first starting out and as uh, I, I think a number of um, professional doms um, do. Okay. So um, are you able to tell me specifically what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, God, how to do this in a concise way. Cause it was such a big, it was, it was such a big turning point for me, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. So yeah. And it doesn't um, have to be concise. We have the full hour. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's right. That's right. That's right. So Basically, um, when I first started, wait, God, do I, do I need to start there? I love okay, you right okay, now. Okay. I love so, it. All right. <laughs> well, it's so, it's so complicated. So, all right. I'm going to start with something super unsexy, which um, I think is really important to talk about that doesn't get talked about in this industry enough. And that's partially because, you know, what we do as doms on like social media and whatnot is for a lot of us can be a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like there's definitely a lot of keeping up appearances. And I, I think that causes a lot of clients to not really fully understand the nature of our work. And for a lot of us, how 
inconsistent it can be. Mm -hmm. And um, so to be fair, all of my experience has been like independent. I have never worked at a house before. And so I, I think maybe that could be a situation. I, I actually, no, I'm pretty sure that like, if you do work at a house, your situation's totally different. But right. um, as, an, as, as an independent provider where, um, you know, people can only find me if they are looking for me rather than, you know, just going to a house. Um, business can be really inconsistent and it could also be because, you know, I am in Texas and things are a little weird out here, but, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as, as a self-employed person, I think self-employment gets glamorized a lot, but it's, it's hard. And, um, there's a hell of a lot of overhead for being a dominatrix, um, with wardrobe and dungeon space, especially like for me, um, when I was getting started, I had to open my, my, I had to open a dungeon myself because no one would rent to me. So like wow. right out of the, just, just getting started, um, just in order for me to get started, like I, I, I had to take on a shitload of debt. <laughs> and this was right after I had like, I had spent a year and a half in grad school. Um, I dropped out to open my first dungeon. All I'm getting at is that like, I was kind of at this moment where I had to take a really, really big risk and that risk was just to like decimate myself financially, basically, and hope wow. that you know it, it, it worked out. And so, um, I, I I don't think that my story is like you know similar to a lot of people's. But I guess I guess what I'm getting at is that like you have to give a lot of yourself to be self-employed, and business can be really inconsistent and. Um, because I mean, you know, um, things like life happens. Um, I, I, we, we, I don't have this revolving door of like submissives coming in and out of my space, like every day, you know, or mm -hmm. like it's things, things happen. People lose their jobs. Their partners find out they move, they find a different dom that they like better, you know, things change. They get sick. They lose their job. They move like things happen. So, and, and also just, you know, growing up, I, I never, I, I didn't come from a financially secure environment. So like all, all, all I'm getting at was like, I had no safety net if I failed. <laughs> right. Um, and so as a result, this caused me to hustle really, really hard and do things that I purposefully didn't like. Yeah, no, do everything. Okay. Say yes yeah, to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, take that session that starts at, you know, 11 p.m. Or oh. see that client again who I didn't have the best time with. Or yeah. see that client again who I know isn't interested in me. He's just interested in like getting his, getting his rocks off as quickly as possible and then leaving. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just hustled really, really hard. Um, I toured all the time and I, I just did all the things because, I mean, I loved to do all the things and I, I was having a great time. It wasn't like I was miserable or anything, but I kept myself so busy that it didn't occur to me until I was forced to sit down um, <laughs> whenever COVID hit in, you know, March, April, 2020, that my way of working was completely unsustainable and that for, that I had basically built my career upon burning myself out and yeah. that I, I was going for so long, like going in terms of like battery power, basically. Like I was going so long. I was pushing myself so hard. I wasn't, I was so busy that I couldn't even tell that it was harmful to me. Yep. And then when COVID hit, um, I decided that I wasn't comfortable working anymore. And so I know a lot of doms worked through the pandemic and I did work in spurts here and there as I tried to like figure out what I was comfortable with um, working in person. But um, I, I finally, you know, as, as case numbers rose and there still wasn't a vaccine or anything, um, I realized that like 
you know, the risk was not, it was absolutely not worth it to me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I could not afford to get COVID myself. I could not afford to risk like the, to risk long COVID. And more importantly, just like ethically speaking, I knew I would never be able to forgive myself if I accidentally gave a client COVID. Because, like, we don't know what, we don't necessarily know what their situation is like at home. We don't know how many people that they come into contact with who might be, like, immunocompromised. Or we don't know if, like, they may be themselves and they just haven't said anything. And so, really, really wasn't working. It, it wasn't worth the risk for me. And it was a hard adjustment at first. But then the longer that I was out of work... um the more I kind of experienced this weird dread in a way when I thought about going back to work. And that was really confusing for me because I love kink. I, I love, I love my job. If I didn't like it, I would do something else. And it wasn't, it was, it was a really hard feeling to come to terms with because I didn't understand why I felt that way. And, um, then pretty soon, so I started taking sessions again, like pretty much immediately after my second vaccine kicked in. Um, and I realized then that the dread was not because, you know, I didn't want to do sessions anymore. It was because I was, I just, I was not having a good time with the way I was running my business. It was totally unsustainable to me. And so that dread that I was feeling wasn't like a dread in terms of going back to the dungeon. It was a dread in terms of going back to the way I had been living my life before COVID. And so I realized that in order to make this a long-term thing for me in order for me to you know take care of myself and do what i love in order to, for me to like make professional kink as sustainable as possible i had to just slow the fuck down basically and so i realized that um i i needed to it wasn't enough for me to um fulfill someone else I wanted to be fulfilled too mm -hmm. and so then I realized I, I, ha I had to you know kind of gather figure out you know what qualities made me feel unfulfilled and then I realized that you know okay um one hour sessions were not the not best it. they were a huge part of my yeah they were a huge they were like the bulk of my income before the pandemic too but I found that you know one hour sessions I mean it I, I always felt rushed and I felt like there there was just some sort of, I don't know if you've experienced this too, but like I've noticed a difference in client in terms of like someone who just books one hours and someone who prefers extended scenes. Oh, big time. Those are two yeah. different people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely more drawn towards like towards the latter. So and let me say to folks who might um, be assuming about what we mean about that, it, it's not about the, we prefer the clients that have more money. That's not, no, that's no, not no, what no, we're no, saying. No, no, not at all. Not at all. We're saying that it's that thing that you spoke of, of like people going in, getting their rocks off and getting out of there. The type of domination we want to do is more connective, is more an energy exchange. It's more... Uh, this mutually created experience that takes longer than an hour to execute. Um, so, you know, that doesn't mean that like we want, we, you know, prefer rich people, people that choose no. extended <laughs> sessions are folks who just wait longer in between perhaps, um, you know, and save up for the two hour, the three hour or the four hour um, rather than trying to see if for a quick half hour or an hour, um, you know, every week or every other week. Thank you for clarifying that because it is really important um, for me. So I've noticed that that difference between, you know, just like one hours and then the extended scenes is that after one hours, I usually felt like I had just been 
like a fetish dispenser basically and that I wasn't being seen because I was me. I was being seen because I was con- I was a convenience. I was a convenience rather than an actual sought out experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different. And I, yeah, I, I really did not like feeling like that. And so, um, and again, no shame on like providers that do that, do that type of work and enjoy that type of work because there is something for everybody. But when you're totally. at the point where you can choose and you can kind of consider what your boundaries are and kind of curate, you know, the type of your business um, or the type of work that you choose to accept, it's like then you're going to do so if, if you can do that right. So. Yeah. And um, I, you know, speaking about how I have been able to kind of tailor things to be more enjoyable for me, I know that that's a privilege that not everyone has. And, um, you know, it definitely was not a decision that was easy for me. I mean, it it really, it really sucked. Like, so, you know, about a year ago, when I first had this realization, I I thought, you know, okay, well, this next year is going to have to be another really big experiment for me. And, I'm making all these changes and I know that it might not work. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to figure something else out because I can't go back to what I was doing before. And so um, kind of like, you know, to to compare it to, you know, like totally wrecking myself financially to open my first dungeon. um, I kind of viewed my, my like reconfiguration as another version of that where like I was putting a lot of a lot on the line and I didn't know if it would actually work and I was prepared for it to not work but again that thing that you mentioned of like (sighs) you're not going to reap the benefits of the risk unless you take the risk right yeah so why not take the chance like it's a big risk so that's a reason to not take the chance but like you know you're Mm -hmm. the it sounds like you're the type of person that's like gonna take that chance every time yeah, I, I'd like to. I'd like to think so. I think sometimes in the moment I don't necessarily realize it, you know, and then until until it's over and I can like look back on it and say, oh wow, I did, I did a really big cool thing. I'm really I'm really proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. So or, or um, I did that terrible thing for way too long. <laughs> I did that oh, thing God, that I yeah. wasn't enjoying for yeah. way too long. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I cut out. I cut out one hours. I also um decided that. I decided that I would not take a set. Uh, oh, uh, I also cut out same day sessions because um, yeah. those they're not actually as convenient for a lot of doms as clients presume. Um, and before I loved same day sessions, there was something really exciting about like dropping everything I was doing to head to the dungeon to mm-hmm. like go beat someone. Yeah, but a bit in of the long run. <laughs> they were really detrimental to me like long term um just in terms of like the actual impact that they had on me because i because i had to rearrange so many things in order to make them work yeah i hear um because like for me anyway I, i i don't just like roll up to the dungeon and then leave whenever it's over i mean um i i like to show up about two hours before a session so that I can, that gives me time to like shower, do hair and makeup, last minute cleaning, like organizing that sort of thing. And then depending on how long the scene is, I can spend another two hours or even longer, like on cleanup. Um, So, you know, it might be a quick little, yeah, exactly. Like it might be two hours for you as like you client, but it's never two hours for me. Um, and, you know, when I was all caught up in the moment and everything, it was really easy for me to like fueled by adrenaline and just that excitement of like, ooh, let me change my plans for everything and go make this money. But, you know, when all of a sudden a solid six hours of my day are gone, then that means that everything else I had planned, whether it was like clip editing, uh, uploading my clips, um, getting on night flirt for a few hours, uh, screening clients, emails, whatever. It meant that we're just having the all day, of these a day things, off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just meant that like all these things that were probably pretty time sensitive, mm. I did not get to do. And 
with our industry, with all of the admin that we have to do, with all of the tasks that we have to stay on top of, if you miss a day of work, if you miss a day of admin work, that stuff piles up fast. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, God, I am getting way off track here. But No, no, uh... no. I love that you're talking about this because this is a thing I think that is probably, I'm going to mention, fairly common with people that go into this type of work at, like, the beginning of your journey, you know? that you kind of find your boundaries, you know, as you go. And you, you know, once you do have kind of a steady income stream, you can kind of pick and choose the types of work that, you know, are best for you and that serve you in the best way. And that's kind of a learning curve, I think, for everybody, even, even when you, you know, hear this type of stuff on a podcast, I think you still kind of have to go through the motions to find that for yourself of like, yeah, you know, um, just the novelty of, uh, you know, beginning the work and the, maybe the top frenzy, you know, of, of starting the work and getting booked mm-hmm. and that's exciting. And, um, you know, and having your, this cool space to work out of all of these things, right. Um, uh, making money, seeing the money roll in, it's all really exciting. Yeah. And, and, um, I think burnout at the, you know, beginning of your kind of sex work career is super common. And then oh, yeah, that's, as a vet, there's such a high turnover rate. Yeah. You know? So you either leave the industry because you're like, oh, fuck, this is just insane. Like, yeah. Um, and you realize, like, oh, wait, you mean this is actually work, you know? Yeah. Lots of work. <laughs> and then or you decide to stay, but you move forward in the way you're talking about as of like, OK, I got to if I'm going to make this sustainable for myself that I got to stop doing these things, I got to start doing these things and, you know, take that risk of that it might make me less money but also like at what cost you know yeah yeah um to to tack on to that really quickly though i would say if there is anyone who's listening to this who is you know just getting started or thinking about getting started i would actually say um if you know something is not working for you Mm -hmm. don't actually wait until your income is stable to change it um maybe think of like uh a, a different sort of compromise or a different sort of backup plan. So whether it's like, um, you know, realizing, okay, I can't do this full time right now. So I'm going to get, you know, a vanilla, I'm going to stay at my vanilla job for a little bit longer and, you know, continue to take sessions on like evenings and weekends or something like that instead of, mm-hmm. you know, just throwing yourself into it completely. Um, wh- what I get at, wh- what I'm trying to get at by this is just that um, I think, especially if, you know, you, you do come from like financial, you do have a history of financial insecurity or something like that. Um, Trying to push forward and make the changes when you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with like sex work financially to make those changes. I think that you could, that that's kind of like a fine line. And I think that like, sure, I'm, I'm sure I know that plenty of people do it, but I would also just encourage people to be cautious because it seems like the kind of thing where if you purposefully force yourself to stick through things for a long time you could come out on the other side totally burnt out and or you know just really resentful and like jaded and stuff and so if it it, it may be the situation the, the solution for that isn't you know okay stay in sex work and just like suffer until I'm stable enough to cut down on this and instead find some other way to make up for that gap in income that's going to be more sustainable for you long term. Yeah. So even if it's like, okay, yeah, I've got to stay at my shitty, like my shitty office job that I despise for like six more months or whatever, that might be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's complicated. It's all really, really complicated. But um it can be so easy in this industry to do something that you're not excited about or like see that client again, even though you didn't really have the best time with them or like film that clip in that one category that you feel really weird about because you know, it's a big niche and people are going to like, people are going to love it, you know, or like take that, take that night flirt call with someone who just like makes you uncomfortable because you need that money and you need to get paid. And, um, it's 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 complicated, but suffering through something for money because you need it 
can be harmful harmful to you long term in ways that you may not realize at the time yeah definitely that's a great point like if you're yeah if you're if i have any advice for new newbies noobs into sex work and and whether online in person kink or vanilla type of work it's like do try to like check in with yourself you know more often especially at the beginning surrounding stuff like this mm -hmm. about your boundaries about you know because I think we're talking about that thing of kind of getting swept up in the work and not realizing that it's harmful until like later, right? Yeah, whether but, it's like swept up because of enthusiasm, swept up mm -hmm. because of desperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, you know, to, amongst that, those feelings, do try and check in with yourself uh, more often, especially at the beginning, I think. Yeah, we'll save you burnout, we'll save you feeling violated, mm -hmm. we'll save you, you know, all those things that can be really super harmful later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like short term, short term gain isn't always worth like, the long term. So there you go. There you go. So anyway, to answer your question from like, uh, 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Um... <laughs> What was it even? Uh, Something about clientele. No, it was, it was, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking about like how I, how I changed. And, you know, I changed going into this knowing like, okay, well, um, I'm taking a really big risk and this probably, like this very well may not work. I mean, I was, so, I, I, especially being in Texas, like I require proof of COVID vaccination from yeah. my clients. And then we also take like an at-home rapid test as soon as they arrive. Um, mm -hmm just to make sure we're both we're both negative um and then you know i know that like it's not foolproof by any means but it's just what i feel most comfortable with in terms of like mitigating risk and because i am in texas and texas never really cared about the pandemic to begin with that already cut out a giant chunk of my client base because they're not vaccinated you know mm -hmm. and so um I, I was cutting out same days i cut out one hours i cut out you know, unvaccinated clients. And so I, I was just going into this, like, feeling like I probably fucked myself over. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, fuck it, it was one big experiment. And so basically, what I'm getting at is that I, I made a rule where um, I wasn't going to see anyone unless I was really excited about it. And I wasn't going to travel um, nearly as often. I, I, I was just gonna, like, take care of myself. And, um, it, it, you know, it, it was a really big risk and it might not work. And um, if it didn't work, I would figure out something else that did. Yeah. 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 Uh, and like, it was rocky. It, it was rocky for a lot. I mean, I would, it was, it was rocky. And, um, but I, I just felt so much more fulfilled. And that, that sense of fulfillment that I felt was just so rewarding in ways that you know money would not have been i mean um i went into this knowing that like the changes i was going to make were going to negatively impact my income mm -hmm. um and that i would be losing money by doing this and that um maybe it was not the best idea for me to purposefully lose money, you know, especially right <laughs> after a pandemic. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I, I knew that like, I, I, I had to do it. So to answer your question, um, my, my clientele is mostly, I would say at this point, genuine submissives instead of just like submissive fetishists like the mm -hmm. people who think they're submissive but only when they're horny you know mm -hmm. um and this is i've i i love developing relationships with 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 people and um you know, I know that not everyone has the desire or the means to, you know, become a regular or anything like that, but um, it just feels really fulfilling because it seems like 
most of my most of my clients are there because they enjoy me as a person and or or they think they will enjoy me as a person and i allow them into my space because i think i'm going to have a good time with them i i i didn't allow them in because you know i thought eh, well it's a couple hundred bucks like i i chose them because i thought we could have a good time together. Yeah. I'm, I'm like actually offended when people say they booked me just via the website and they don't follow me on Twitter. They haven't heard my podcast. They have like, (laughs) I'm like actually offended. Like they don't subscribe to my Patreon. I'm like, you didn't research you. Like you just looked through the pictures on the website and chose one. Cause you like the way I'm actually offended. I'm like, Oh, yeah, okay. it's okay. That's fine, I guess. It's but such a whatever. It's such a kind. <laughs> it's, it's it's like just in terms of you know being a person with feelings. I mean, it just kind of sucks to to know that someone only picked you because you are the first one to respond to their email, or because like, oh well, I guess you're hot. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 wants to officially announce that they are back open for business, baby, at 1989 Dundas Street East, Mississauga. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA, and they are super excited to tell you about their Saturday couples and single women only events. To keep updated on their events, go to at Club M4 Events on Instagram, or specifically for their kinky events, go to at Depraved Events on Instagram. And of course, head on down to clubm4.com to see what a lifestyle club by swingers for swingers is all about. everyone welcome back to the bedpost podcast we are here with professional dominatrix mistress petra hunter hello petra hello 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 so i love how we were talking about um this kind of thing that can happen with people starting sex work and you know changing what they offer over time and stuff like that i'm i've been doing the same stuff i think i'm at the point in my career as well where i feel like that i am um I'm good to start saying no to work, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. recently I was like, I'm not doing virtual sessions anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I'm not doing texting or phone or Skype anymore. I'm just not. I'm only doing in person. Fill out the form on the website. Otherwise, I can't do like ongoing dynamics I was doing at one point, which were really harmful for me long term really, really stressful, difficult to maintain, um, created terrible work-life balance for me. Um, Oh, God. Like, ongoing dynamics are, like, professional dynamics are, like, oh, I I couldn't say no to those faster, you know. And if you want to be a regular of mine, fabulous. Book me, keep filling out that form and book me in the dungeon, and I will see you in the in-person space. But I literally can't do more than that at this point in my life (laughs) so first of all um i have so many things to say about this first of all though um i want to like i i guess like yeah it it sounds weird but like i want to congratulate you on saying no because it can be so hard to actually like say no to money and to set those boundaries for yourself and especially with as you um mentioned it's like especially during like COVID still happening. Like, is this a bad move yeah. to be like, I won't do Skypes? Like, what if I can't do in person suddenly because things get shut down again or whatever happens, then I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a risk, right? But yeah, absolutely. And with the inconsistent nature of our job anyway, it just feels, it feels kind of like wrong to purposefully say no to money. So that's, yeah. that's hard. But 
Oh God, that's such a, that's such a boss move to do it <laughs> though, you know? And again, I might have to go back and do it again, but for now I'm going to take the risk and be like, let's see how this works. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. Change is great. Like another, another tip for potential newbies. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to evolve. Don't be afraid to like yeah. try something again. So like, we, yeah, it would be boring if you didn't change. So online is always going to be there for you, you know? Um, but Okay, and then a question for you, Aaron. About um, you said some you were talking about uh, you weren't going to do ongoing dynamics. Were you talking about just like online dynamics, or were you talking about like in person dynamics? I'm talking about um, basically having contact with a client that is outside of a session or a scene. So oh, I see. Okay, I I'm see. A thousand percent into regulars, seeing as many times as they want to in the dungeon, but. As for correspondence in between sessions, that's not happening anymore. Other than the e the booking email, you know, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. I'm not interested at this time <laughs> in, in okay, communicating, okay. corresponding, doing any sort of like 24-7 dynamic stuff as far as clients mm -hmm. goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, okay. Just I was wondering can't. if you meant in terms of like online dynamics um because yeah. that's been something that's been really tricky for me to balance balancing online work with in-person work is it's a too, lot and it's, it's really really jobs. hard and yeah and um you know it's it's no it's no coincidence that i was most reliably online during the pandemic when i wasn't at the dungeon you know exactly and um i'm i would love to ideally find like a balance of both but um you know whenever i i feel i feel bad for people who try to start like an online play dynamic with me every, sometimes because more often than not you know um i will i will forget to respond to their like sex panther text Right. I will forget to respond to their email. I will tell them that I will have their video ready for them in two weeks. And then all of a sudden it's like four weeks later and I've just been so busy that I haven't been able to sit down and film. Yeah, because and... you can only do so much. You literally can only yeah. do so much. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't do all that. Yeah. And, you know, we're also people too. Like we've got personal lives and all that boring adult shit that... <laughs> You have yeah. to do like like taxes and going to the doctor and like yep. keeping in touch with your family and stuff and like all of that <laughs> all yeah. of that takes time and um it, it it can be a lot. I I I'm still trying to find a good balance with all of that and um it was very difficult. I'm hoping for me. that within because also with online work, I mean god, if you want to talk about like work work life balance, that one's really awful because oh. With online work, you know, it. I found that the uh, the clientele for online work is considerably different than dungeon, and um, you know, if if somebody's just like an online only player, they are more likely to hit me up on like Nightblood or Sex Panther, only if and when they're horny. Yeah, and if I don't respond in time, they're going to find someone else. And so if you need the money, you got absolutely be. like, absolutely going back to, you know, all of those decisions I made before the pandemic about like taking those late night sessions, seeing clients again that I wasn't really like mm -hmm. that excited about because I needed the money. Well, and all of a sudden with online work, it's really easy to just not have boundaries at all. Like you say, okay, well, I'm going to log off for the day at 8 p.m. But then, you know, you get a little email from someone at like 8.35. It's like, hey, mistress, are you going to be on tonight? And, you know, you know that you could make a little bit of money if you just eroded those boundaries and got on anyway. Yeah. That's a slippery slope. And it sucks. Yeah. That's you're describing my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, um good for good good for you. That is so it's 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 hard. Like especially when you're in the moment where like, you know, maybe you are I god, I mean, 
I think everybody who works online at some point has had this sort of situation where something is just like totally, totally devastating has just happened in their personal life, like a breakup or, you know, Mm. like really, really bad news about like, once again, you're talking about my life or a family member or something. And, you know, you're like bawling your eyes out. And Uh all of a sudden you get this text that's like, hey, mistress, thinking about your feet. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh, Petra! And then keep, you have to make that decision. Like... Keep fucking talking because oh, <laughs> oh Petra, I had two oh. breakups in December and January, and then I got COVID, and then now I have a broken arm right now. Like, keep That's talking right. because Fuck. people are like, people don't care. Like, you know, again, again, I have I have some lovely submissives. I have lovely clients. I I am choosing to work with lovely, lovely people. But, yeah. you know, a lot of them are also not so lovely. And they're literally like trying to get at me when I'm my life is literally in crisis. And I've told them that. And they're mm-hmm. still next morning messaging me to try and session. And I'm like, I literally had surgery 36 hours ago. And I told you that. And you're like, hey, mistress, are you around today? I am just, you know, just in case. Just thought I'd try. Yeah, exactly. Like, after I just told you, I broke my arm. Like, whew. <sighs> My favorite is the, um, hey, mistress, I know you've got a lot going on right now. Or like, I know you don't like, I I know you don't take short notice sessions, but I'm going to (laughs) be in the neighborhood in like two hours. Do you think like, is is there any chance you could see me today? (sighs) Oh my God. Um, So it's, 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 it's such a shitty position to be in because like, you've got to make that decision in the moment when you are like emotionally, physically just like totally wrecked, you know, um, because I think there's also this issue for a lot of sex workers about finding the right balance of being human and <laughs> yeah. just a, a persona. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all pretty aware. We all learn really quickly that if we become too human, well, then all of a sudden we lose business. Right. Yeah, it's that fantasy versus reality balance. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's a really weird situation to be in. So, you know, with online work, you find those, you know, you get those like, think about your feet messages when like, you know, you just broke up with your (laughs) fucking long term partner and your heart's like on the floor. Um, You have to think like, okay, well, do you tell them? Mm-hmm. Do you want them to know? Will it impact you negatively if you tell them? Mm-hmm. And then alternatively, I think like on top of all of that, you also have to figure out, okay, well, even if I don't tell them, is this a situation where I feel like I have to respond anyway because I know I can get like 20 bucks from them over the next you know, 10 minutes or something? Mm-hmm. So it's such a weird, surreal experience to be just like totally gutted and totally like at fucking rock bottom and to be texting someone like, oh, I know you want to lick my sweaty, dirty feet, don't you? Yeah, You yeah. know, uh, so weird. Um, then also, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, sometimes whenever I have told people that like I'm going through a hard time or something, mm-hmm. they instead of, you know, pushing things, they then take it to mean that I am just completely unavailable and they it's like they're over polite Hmm. and so instead of you know if if maybe i just need like a few hours to like pull myself together i need a a, a few days to like solve this problem Mm -hmm. well then i don't necessarily hear from them until for like they're gone yeah weeks longer (laughs) yeah exactly because you know because they're so worried about being you know being a pest being intrusive and Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like overly they're overly respectful and um See, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind a well, bit I mean, of that it's, in my it's, life. <laughs> it's it's weird whenever like it, it can be weird whenever like money is involved, I think. But um, yeah. Yeah. definitely prefer those than to, you know, the than the latter yeah. other 
the other yeah yeah the other variation but um <laughs> yeah it's weird what a <laughs> it's a whirlwind yeah for me it was it exactly is, that is. thing of like um I think that that was just I was like, at that point, I'm like, I know, I'm now self-aware enough to know that I'm not enjoying online work. I'm not enjoying these ongoing dynamics in between scenes. I'm not enjoying, you mm -hmm. know, doing, offering texting and calling and Skyping and all this stuff. And I was basically like, give me a reason, any of you, give me a reason, you know? And that was exactly the thing of like, I was going through a really tough time in my private life and someone... I told them and they decided to still kind of uh, treat me like an object, essentially, like the fetish dispenser thing that you were speaking of earlier. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm not uh, doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So for, like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry that, you know, they did that to you during such a hard time. Like that is just, that's such a, that's so offensive. That's such a blow. Um, yeah, and like, but, you know, honestly, the intention maybe wasn't that, but the impact was there. Um, yeah, absolutely. That I was like, you know what? I'm not going to allow people to have this type of access to me uh, anymore. Any That might be temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, I might choose to go back to that yeah. type of work when I'm not going through a rough time like I have been the last few months. But um, that was a decision to be like, I can't allow people to... Uh, yeah, have this ac this type of access to me anymore. They can fill out a form that, on the website. That is all I will allow right now. <laughs> that's fantastic. Like I'm, you know, like shitty, shitty, shitty little catalyst to like cause that big change. But mm. I'm really excited for you to have made such a big change because like it's fucking hard to actually do that. And, it's hard to follow um, through. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to follow through. And and again, I'll say like, I had been feeling like this, um, just because you mentioned doing this as well. I'd been feeling like this for a while without make, making that move, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm I am happy that I finally did. Because, you know, I am also that person that like, will look back and be like, Oh, my God, why did I do that for so long? <laughs> Mm -hmm. But you know what? Yeah. Eventually, I got there, so <laughs> good on me, I guess. Yeah, and I just I I think that you know um, I hope anyway that this is going to just like make everything so much more fulfilling for you, and that thank you. You know, it it just it just sounds like it was the right the right move, like a risky move, a ballsy move, but yeah. like just the right move to put yourself first instead of yeah, putting them money. first. Yeah. Yeah. Putting clients first, putting money first. Totally. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Petra, um, my little rant at the end there, um, brought us right up until the hour. <laughs> so okay, I was great. wondering if you had any, if you had any closing things you wanted to say before letting people know where they can find and follow you and give you money, throw all, all sorts of bundles of money at you. Um, did you have anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to just mention before we did that? Oh, God, probably. But that's going to take, like, <laughs> way more hours. So um, I'm sure, you know, I'll remember, like, three hours from now I'll be driving and I'll, like, remember just, you know, one little sentence that I could have said that would have tied everything together beautifully. Um, yeah, in the middle of the night you'll get, you'll sit up in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, if that happens, you know what, we'll just, we'll have to have you back sometime if you're not opposed. Also, but... okay, so I do have one thing to say that is totally unrelated. Oh, sure. Um, but uh, if, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to sign off now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're recording this at the very end of April. And so um, puppy and kitten season is starting which means that um, your local shelters and rescue groups are about to be overrun with puppies and kittens that um, need a lot of help. So um, rescues are rescues and like shelters and everything are really going to appreciate it if you're able to help out somehow, whether it's like donating money, which is always like a solid go to or like opening up your home to like foster some animals or something like that. Um, or like just going to the grocery store, picking up like a ten pound of 
bag of food and like dropping it off, you know, um, just uh, puppy and kitten season is starting. So if you can, there are a lot of very easy inexpensive ways to do something nice for other people and um, as well as do something nice for animals who need it. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Where can people find and follow you? Okay, well, let's see. Um, my website, uh, PetraHunter.com. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. So um, <laughs> I go through little phases where I use it all the time. And then I just like delete everything and lay low for days, weeks, months, whatever. Um, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Miss Petra Hunter, which is MS. Um, and um, I'm on FetLife there as well. Um, my I'm on Instagram like number four at this point, so it's Miss Petra Hunter with like two underscores after it. Perfect. Uh, for me, I am at the Lady Pim One on Twitter. That is definitely where I'm the most active. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at the Bedpost Podcast or at the Lady Pim. This podcast has a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube channel, which I'm going to rejuvenate soon, reviewing sex toys. Um, that is the Bedpost Show as well. I always like to thank the lady that does the original music for my podcast. That is Stephanie Copeland. And she can, uh, you can follow her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Mistress Petra Hunter, thank you so much for this lovely conversation. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I, I yeah, I had I had a lot of fun, and um, I I don't know about you, but I had no idea our conversation would like take that <laughs> take that direction. But, yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality on the Bed Pause Podcast. Get fucked, everybody. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!